Welcome to the Spirit of Life Ministries. Spirit of Life Ministries aim is to call to the born-again body of believers to manifest the kingdom of God through the teaching and proclamation of the word of God, as well as the greater good for all humanity. Spirit of Life Foundation is based on Ephesians 4th chapter for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and fullness of Christ, to the edifying of the body of Christ in love. Spirit of Life Ministry's heart is for the restoration of the soul and greater good for all out of love. Please welcome now Sister Beatrice Jackson. Thank you for joining Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. I appreciate you tuning in again. I give honor to God the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you open the understanding of the hearers, that they may receive what you want to do in them regarding revival. And I ask that you give me the grace to minister what you have given me in the name of Jesus. Give me the grace, Holy Ghost, to decrease as you increase in the name of Jesus. All this I ask in your son's name, Father, and I thank you for it. Amen. Well, as you know, we've been talking about revival, and I, I do thank you for joining me. I appreciate you listening, and I want to ask you for your prayers. I need your prayers, because as you know, the enemy does not like for the word of God to to go forth, and um, the person that he hits is the ministers of God's words, word. <laughs> So I, I do ask for your prayers. I need them, and I thank you for them. I really appreciate it. Anyway, we've been talking about revival, and I ask that you just hang with me for a little bit. We're going to talk about a couple things that we may not think about. And in times of revival, the Lord will begin to stir our heart by the Holy Ghost bringing things to our remembrance that we used to do with him, with the Lord. The things that we used to do with Jesus during our precious times, like, for example, prayer, reading the Word of God, journaling, going out together, doing outings together with the Lord, writing skits. And some things are connected with our purpose that we have done with the Lord. Even revisiting and refreshing ourselves in certain foundational scriptures that anchored our life in Christ Jesus. And I don't know what that is for you, but you do. I know what the, that looks like for the Lord and I. And during these times, it's important that when the Holy Ghost begins to stir your heart and your spirit and prompt you, that you follow his lead and re-engage yourself in whatever those things may be. Don't miss God. I don't want you to miss God. Remember the Lord is reviving us and resuscitating us spiritually to bring back the life into something that has been lying dormant, but not dead. Because remember what Romans 11 verse 29 says. It reads, For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance, meaning they are irrevocable. God doesn't take them back. He doesn't take the calling or your, what you, who you are and your life in Christ back. Nor does he take back his spiritual giftings he has placed in us. And just like once a child is born, you can't reverse the birth. Likewise, our life and everything connected with it is hid in Christ and God. Now, whether you live out what he has given you in Christ, it's up to you. 
Let's go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, starting at verse 15. And I'm reading in the King James Version. It reads, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And that word circumspectly means walk cautiously, not as fools. Talks about redeeming the time, meaning take advantage of the time that we have. And when God, and we should do this always, yet especially when God is reviving us and we want to stay in season and stay in step with the season that God is in, I should say. It's important that we walk cautiously and live as God would have us and take advantage of the time that we have. Make our day productive, doing the things that, that mean something to God and in God. Thank you, Jesus. Because this is being wise and understanding what the will of the Lord is for us. There's another aspect of revival that many might not think about, but I want to address that today. And that is, don't be surprised if reenactments that cause you pain and brokenness in times past occur through people that the enemy uses. Because revival also involves restoration. Psalm 23, verses 2b to 3a reads, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. So what do I mean about reenactments? That's the acting out of a past event to bring something into effect again. And I don't say this for you to be afraid, but rather to prepare you so you're not caught off guard. Because unfortunately, sometimes painful situations arise through different faces, yet similar words and behaviors through people in order for you and I to have a chance to respond in power this time around. See, it's about restoration and restoring the brokenness of our soul as well. So we get a do-over to respond in truth and the liberation of our soul and not in fear. To respond in power that we may have been denied or robbed of in order to restore broken areas of our soul from our past. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. Because each of us is born with an inborn power. is God-given Yet, because we're born in a fallen world of sin, the enemy has robbed and stolen from many of us that inborn power through sin and because we're in a fallen world. And it has caused brokenness of our soul in many of our lives. I don't know uh, anybody that has not gone through brokenness of the soul. So part of revival is having our soul restored. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus came and the anointing of God in order to deal with this. We read this in Luke 4, verse 18. Jesus reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind. Now here's where I'm talking about. To set at liberty them that are bruised. And that word bruised means broken and oppressed. Jesus has come to set us at liberty to liberate those of us that were broken and oppressed in order that we walk in the power that he has given us as a child of God. So what that looks like this time around is that we are beginning to trust God with our lives, not living in fear or responding in fear, 
Let's go to Psalm 56, verse 3. And this is David talking here. <clears throat> and of course, you know, uh, well, I don't know if you know or not, but anyway, David had a really uh, great relationship with the Lord. Uh, we see David, all sides to David, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yet no one can deny that David was honest with the Lord. He was transparent with the Lord about everything that he, he went through. And that's what made his relationship with the Lord so so great, praise God. Anyway, verse 3 reads, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And that tells me there are going to be some times when we are afraid, we feel afraid. Sometimes we just have to do things afraid. It's something about when we do that, the Lord begins to disperse with that fear. You see, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Rather, he has given us the spirit of power, which means the spirit of authority, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound, disciplined, sober mind. That's what Second Timothy 1 verse 7 lets us know. So as a child of God, you know, that, that, you know fear, fear is, is not what we live by or, or operate in. And, it, and it's, a learned, it's something we have to learn. As we become renewed in the spirit of our mind as children of God. So it lets us know what, what time we are afraid, we will trust in thee. I will trust in thee. That's what David says. And if we go over to verse 11 in the same chapter, it reads, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. See, this is a turning our life and our will over to the care of God. That's what this means. You know, well, that's my, been my personal experience when I have had to learn to respond in faith. And that is when I see the power of God really operate in my life. And he has begun to disperse with the fear, the fear, feelings of fear and increase my faith and trust in God. And that involves speaking the truth, telling the truth, because sometimes we can respond with a lie or um, omit things, you know, lie by omission, or we can behave in people-pleasing, which is a lie as, as well, out of fear. And see, a lot of this is derived from the fallen nature and what the enemy have, may have done to us early on in life. Because see, his plan is to bring things into our life when we're two years old or five years old in order that we remain messed up when we're 50 years old. But God, in his grace and his mercy and his power, and out of his relationship with us, will give us to trust in him, where we can walk in faith, thank you, Jesus, and not fear what people do to us, because our life is in God's hands. Thank you, Lord. I want you to keep something in mind in regard to fear and faith and trust in God. Fear did not enter the world until after the fall. After Adam and Eve sinned, they did not fear God. They were in right relationship and fellowship with God. Yet, after sin entered, that's when fear began. And revival and restoration is about bringing things back to their original state, the way God intended. Praise God. Thank you. So that said, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Remember that for you. And Jesus came to set at liberty those of us that have been bruised, those of us that have been broken and oppressed, he came to right the wrong and to liberate us again. Thank you, Lord. I want to say this too while I'm thinking of it. 
no matter what the enemy has done in your life, I'm a witness that God can restore your soul. There are so many areas in my soul that God has restored and is yet restoring, you know, uh, and it takes the Lord to intervene by his grace in order to bring this about. Yet it takes us to want that intervention and cooperate with it in order to experience restoration of our soul and true revival. Thank you, Lord. Remember, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. And Jesus came in the anointing of God to set you at liberty where you have been broken and oppressed. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's, this is just one, excuse me, this is just another aspect of revival that people may not think of. And I just want to share that with you today. I do thank you for joining me. This is Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B, and until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Life Ministries, an end-time ministry purpose for revival of the heart toward God, restoration of the soul for the hungry and the lost. Revelation 22:17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let those that hear say, Come, and let them that are athirst come. They that will, let them take the water of life freely. If you would like to contact or be a blessing to the ministry, Spirit of Life Ministries can be reached at 414-249-5121. Until next time, thank you and God bless you.